Welcome to the Right the Ship podcast, the only podcast started this week by people who don't live in Florida. I'm Mike, and I'm from Boston. And uh, this is Julian from Denver, Colorado. So, what's it like being 500? Feels good, right? Not too bad. What a game. It was a game so good, we had to create a podcast and talk about how good of a game it was. Yeah, it was probably one of the more uh, exciting games Bucks has had. An AFC playoff team on the road. And just the implications of it is what makes it one of the better games. Because the loss puts them at, what, 4-6? and six? Yeah. Just a tough place to play. Kansas City had the 10-game win streak at home. They were on a five-game win streak overall. I think the most encouraging thing is that they left five touchdowns out there, and they still won. Like, they were awful in the red zone. You know, that, that first drive, they the ball so well, and Jameis had that weird fumble. And then just field goal after field goal. And, you know, God bless Roberto Aguayo for coming through on a day when kickers everywhere were missing. He was, he was perfect. Well, since the Carolina game, the game winner against Carolina, has he missed? Since the Carolina game and the bye, Roberto Aguayo is 12 for 13 on PATs and 9 for 10 on field goals. I'll take it. Yeah, he don't look now, but he's suddenly league average. Rookie jitters. I I I'd never lost faith in him. Uh, yeah, no, you can't you can't make judgments that quickly. Like we've seen this team overreact with so many players and cut so many draft picks. Like no, let him work through. Right. Like don't don't treat him like a fullback. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty pleased with him. I think I mean he won us the game. He misses one of those one of those field goals. You know, our two point win turns into a one point loss. It's true. He needed every one of those kicks, and that's the kind of game that Kansas City usually wins, and Cairo Santos gets four or five field goals, and their defense gets the big end zone interception, which, hey, Chris Conti, like it or not, he's the best safety on the roster. Right, right. And, you know, Not that that's necessarily the best thing in the world, but he's been playing his butt off for sure. Yeah, he had the big touchdown against Chicago, and the, the, yeah, the interception in the red zone. You know, he doesn't even make that interception. He's out of position to get a touchdown or three points. Not only that, but he ran it back over 50 yards when he could have just taken a knee and gone to the 25. Props to him. He's been playing well. I'm proud of him. Hopefully we see some more production in this uh, Seattle game. Because, yeah, he was he was great. It was it, it was more of the, I think it was more of the Chiefs defense in the red zone. Because in between the 20, like up until the 20-yard line, up until they're back at the red zone, they were getting cut up. Jameis was had time in the pocket. He, had, he got sacked once. That weird play where he kind of just fell down behind the line of scrimmage. But other than that, the line protected well and they moved the ball well. But once they got in the red zone, the Chiefs defense played really well. I mean, they're still, I think they're still one of the best defenses in the league when they're completely healthy. And I think they had uh, D. Ford was out. D. Ford got hurt at midway through, and they were without, without Peters. But Justin Houston came back, and I didn't really notice him that much. Yeah, and it wasn't even the offensive line, too. You know, I watched some you know clips of... Adam Humphrey's getting some nice uh, chip blocks in, and Cameron Bray isn't known as the best blocking tight end, but overall, Lon did a good good job. I know Donovan Smith gets a lot of hate from the Bucks fans, but he had a couple of bad penalties, but he he was pretty solid. Like they they kept him off the ground all day, which that's that's hard to do on the road against that pass rush. Yeah, especially with the with the crowd, 
I think I think they played really well. I was pretty surprised I thought Jameis would be under pressure because against the Bears, there were some times where they got after Jameis. But uh, to me, I think that was the shining light besides Aguayo and that and that win. The line played really well. Looking at the at the game again, Doug Martin did better than the stat sheet will tell you. Like he had a lot of really good, you know, consistent five yard runs and helped move the chains a lot. And like a handful of just really disastrous plays on there. Like there were, I counted two or three times when he legitimately got negative five yards, and that's going to to screw with your your averages and your your final numbers. But he's playing better than the scores indicate, and that's encouraging. He's also really good out of the backfield, which you know. Charles Sims is coming back from the IR soon, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll know more about that next week. I think sometime in December he'll be back. But Martin yeah. had a couple of really good catch and runs in that game. Yeah, they had the uh, the play-action screen that looked really weird. It looked like a broken play, but I don't know if it was designed that way because all the offensive linemen were out there. Uh, it just looked like Jameis was confused what was going on, but it worked out great. It was about a 40-yard catch and run. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the... the they use they use those screenplays a lot with Adam Humphreys, and the line is they're really good at selling it and getting out and blocking downfield because they they tried to run that play to Adam Humphreys on the fumble. Right. Yeah. Had, yeah. That, and it, and he, that, he threw it, and it just came one. out of his hand sideways. Yeah. So the line the line did a good job blocking for him. Doug Martin, you know, picked up some uh, some blitzes, and yeah, I think it had a good game too. I mean, that's what sets up those third and manageables. I mean, look at the third down there. Yeah, they were amazing on third down. It was people getting open, making plays. I mean, the line protecting. You know, there was some, you know, third and tens, but a lot of it was third and, and six or less. Like they, they, they had a lot of, of good opportunities in there to uh, complete third downs. And they were left for 16. Did a really good job. It, it, was, it was definitely my uh, favorite part watching third down. I mean, he was, James was clutch. I think that was the best performance, even though the stats weren't there. You know, he had one touchdown. He had over 300 yards passing. I think that was his best game performance-wise against the defense. The, the most remarkable thing about the third down numbers to me is that when the Buccaneers were throwing on third down, Jameis would always make sure the guy he was throwing to was past the sticks, and Alex Smith does not do that. And it, it showed in the numbers. Like, like I've never seen Tampa this good at sustaining drives and moving and just eating up yards yeah, they were doing a great job, and Alex Smith is kind of gets known for it. You know, he missed a check down, and that's what he did most of the game. He had those two big plays, one to Kelsey, one to, uh, one, yeah, Tyreek Hill, I think his name is, and they were good plays. You know, that's how their offense set up, you know, short, 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 and then, you know, he hit you with a big pass, and yeah, James is definitely a downfield pocket passer, which I think works is great. Yeah, Travis Kelsey was unstoppable. He he was like I know Macklin was out, so he was the the Chiefs' go to guy, and they knew it was coming to him, and they still couldn't stop him from from getting a whole bunch of yards. So he had he had that forty four yard catch. He had seven receptions, hundred eight yards, and a forty four yard catch. He caught a lot of catches, and you take that forty four yards away, you know, that's six catches for what fifty some yards. I think they did a good job on him. You know, he's he's well, yeah, I think he's in the top. He's the top tight end in the league. So well, I'm I'm worried about you know you know Jimmy Graham. You you remember him? Remember how he used to just terrorize things with with the yeah. Saints? Fortunately, I do remember that. They did a good. I think they did a good job on everybody. The first drive, Chiefs moved the ball down really well. I was worried that you know it's going to be one of those days, and then they bunker down in the red zone. Chiefs get a field goal, and then after that, 
I think Chiefs had four consecutive three and outs. The defense was, was really bunkering down, playing well. I was pretty surprised. And I think there's starting to be more of a culture change. You hear that to be talked about a lot. The uh, the lack of penalties. Lovey Smith era, that's what he's known for. Penalties. There's definitely fewer of them now, but there there were a couple of periods in the game where they would like get a penalty on two or three consecutive plays and dig themselves into a, like a first and 25 kind of hole. Like there were a few moments where they kind of reverted back to that. So, so they're not completely out of the woods yet, but definitely an improvement so far. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely improvement. I mean, compared to the last two years with Lovey Smith, I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. It was bad under Greg Schiano too. And probably Raheem Morris. A lot of it was discipline, like, like formations. I remember a lot of illegal formation calls. This is game coming up this weekend. So, uh, a lot of playoff implications with this one. A win, a win here. So we're five and five now. A win here puts us six and five, tied with Atlanta, depending on how they do. Seattle definitely one of the favorites to get a get one of the top two seeds in the conference right yep. now. Even with the tie, they're they're definitely a favorite. They're 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 going to win the division. They're going to win the division. The Cardinals, Rams, Forty Niners, they're not going to catch them. Yeah, none of them are over five hundred except for Seattle. Right. Though. Yep. Seattle seven and two and one. They have to tie with the uh, Arizona. So what we're looking at for the uh, top four seeds right now, we got the Cowboys, Seahawks, Lions, and you got the Falcons, which one game behind. I mean, it's possible to win the division, which would be awesome. Absolutely. There's there's fewer teams in the way of getting to the division in just Atlanta than having to deal with Washington and the Giants and Minnesota and all of them in the wild yeah, card. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean they they control their own destiny. They had the same thing last year when they were six and six. Yep, we we saw how they responded to the the opportunity to become a, a winning team in the playoff hunt, and they they faltered. And we'll we'll see if that happens again. This is this is not going to be an easy game. A lot easier in Tampa than in Seattle. Seattle uh, Seahawks they play great in Seattle. They're five and zero at home, two two and one on the road. Well, the Buccaneers are one and four at home, so so one of these two things has to has to budge. What does beating Seattle look like to you? Um. Honestly, I think Doug Martin's going to have a good game. I know the Seattle, Seattle has the best defense, but the offense runs through Doug Martin. Their play actions, everything is set up from Doug Martin running well. Or even uh, Peyton Barber. Well, Jacquez Rogers coming off an injury. Yeah, he, he might play. We don't, he's questioning. Peyton Barber, though. Peyton Barber, has done a, I think he's done a, a, a good job coming in, getting Doug Martin some rest. I think Peyton Barber's done well. He's had some really nice runs. Peyton Barber came into the third quarter last week and had a very very nice spell where he he picked up a couple of nice chunks of yards in a row and a little known fact about Peyton Barber he is a big fan of the Arthur's fist meme according to his Twitter (laughs) wow yeah there's there's one like made by players for players on his timeline and seeing that was kind of nice like oh yeah this is this is a guy in his early 20s on the internet and also carrying the ball for five yards a carry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more Peyton Barber. Sounds good. I kind of want to see Evans on Richard Sherman. I want to see Jameis try that matchup. Like, throw it up high where only Evans can get it. Sherman's 6'3". Sherman's a big dude. I'm, I'm intrigued by the matchup. And it's the first time they match up against each other because the last time they played. Right. It's before he was drafted. Yeah. I think it's, it's a great matchup. Mike Evans has... I don't think he has the greatest speed, and he's not never been well. He hasn't been the best at creating separation and man coverage. Which uh, I don't know if Sherman will uh, follow him around the field. I'm assuming he will, 
just because the the size matchup there. But uh, we'll see. I think I think if if he has a good game against Sherman, I think you can't deny him being a top three receiver, top two receiver in the league. I'm curious to see what the Seattle secondary looks like without Earl Thomas playing because he's been one of the integral parts in making all of that go and. We're going to see how much it falls off with uh, with the next man up in the in the Legion of Boom. It'd be interesting to see that matchup there, what they do, what the Seattle defense does. I'm assuming it'll be Sherman one-on-one with them all day. Falling him everywhere, leaving him on an island, and making uh, Jameis make those tight throws. Well, Jameis will hopefully have a little more time with Michael Bennett not playing either. That'll be nice not have to worry about that kind of revenge game from him. Yeah, it, yeah, it seemed like every player that... Uh, Comes back and plays against Tampa as well. Donald Penn got a touchdown on us. Oh, man, don't remind me. Yeah, so. Yeah. Glad he's out. There'll be less of a pass rush. Hopefully the line plays well. Hopefully Jameis will have seen enough film on Seattle's defense to notice where the the good matchups are and, and expose them because he's going to have to look all over the field and not just lock in on one guy. Like, Humphreys and Brait have both been amazing for him and now we're getting production out of even Russell Shepard finally. Cecil Shorts had a lot of big catches in the uh, Kansas City game. He's come up pretty big. Yeah he's been a nice quick addition. I'm I'm a little worried about his hands like it seems like he's getting a lot of drops but he's new and he's still developing rapport with Winston so hopefully that'll be better but he is a very good uh, veteran option to to fill out the the very thin wide receiver depth this team has right now yeah you know Lewis Murphy had the uh he's on IR the rest of the year I think he's out again that was a big hit because I was hoping he'd come back he played well for us last year but yeah with Adam Humphreys I think I like I'm a big fan of Adam Humphreys undrafted guy he came out of Clemson he's always somewhere in the play he's doing something right and the camera break Speaks for itself. He's what five touchdowns. I think he's tied for the most uh, by a tight end. Yeah, I was a big Austin Safarian Jenkins guy and one of the last guys still on the bandwagon. But man, Cameron Braid, I, 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 I can't even argue with this anymore. Yeah. He, he's doing so much better, and like, like he, and he's been on the field this whole time. You can't really argue with that. And as much as as much as it kind of hurts to to give up on a second round pick still in the rookie contract, it's like. We have our tight end. It's Cam Brate. Back to Humphreys. Do you like him returning punts? Because I feel like I'm getting to the point where I feel like Humphreys is too valuable to put out there on special teams plays. Uh, I like him back there. He's a good returner. And he's got some good yardage against uh, the Chiefs in their game. I like him. I don't think there's too much to worry about. I mean, he doesn't seem to make dumb plays back there. So I'm not worried about him not calling for a fair catch and getting lit up. No, I'm I'm just worried about him getting hurt. Like the wide receiver depth is so thin. I don't want to put valuable pass catchers out there for extra snaps when you can just you know send Ryan Smith out there again, or you know even even Pey- Peyton Barber or Mike James, give them a chance. Yeah, I think I think Peyton Barber would be good back there. Seattle's offense, their running games hurt. Yeah, they're they're down to Thomas Rawls and no one else I've heard of. Right, Thomas Rawls is a tough runner. He's in between the tackle runner. Uh, hope in the defense. I wish they were better at red defense because I see him get gashed a lot happening in Chicago. Kansas City had some good runs on him. Yeah, Spencer Ware looked really good, especially in that first drive. Yeah, and then their offense, uh, passing wise, Russell Wilson touchdowns out there, only eleven touchdowns, uh, twenty seven hundred yards. But he's he just he's so good at creating plays. He's he's so quick. He knows how to escape pressure and broken plays. 
for Seattle, I think, is what gets them gets them wins. Honestly, that and their defense, because they have uh, their wide receivers. They're not no big names, you know, besides Jimmy Graham, Jermaine Curse, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin. I I think Doug Baldwin's really good. I think Doug Baldwin has become a kind of big name at this point. And I think between Baldwin, Graham, and Tyler Lockett, at least one of those guys is going to feast. And I have no idea which one it is, but the secondary is really thin. And I think the best chance Tampa Bay has is if Robert Ayers and Gerald McCoy and Noah Spence just make Russell Wilson's life a nightmare and just put him on the ground over and over again. Yeah. Like, even if you don't sack him, just let him know that you're there. You right. know, scare him into bad throws. Right. Don't give him time to, to find Lockett on that huge deep ball. And I think the big reason why these broken plays happen is because Seattle's line isn't that great. They lost J.R. Sweezy who uh, has been great for us this year on the uh, IR list. Good signing there. But their line, their line lets a lot of people through. And with Noah Spence coming into his own, I think he's been playing great. They didn't have any sacks against KC, but their offense is, you know, quick play offense. So it's tough for the line to get there. But I think I think this line could have a big day against Seattle. It's so nice having a pass rush again. Yeah, it's really nice. Back when they had, you know, Semyon Rice in there. And Warren Sapp, I mean, just wrecking havoc. I watch those games for once in a while, and it's it's just when you can create pressure with four, there's not much you can do. That's what Seattle did when they won the Super Bowl. Their front, their front four, they didn't blitz. Their front four just was wrecking havoc. That's what happened against Tom Brady with the Giants. The front four just got after him. That's what I was thinking of when I was trying to figure out Tampa's best way to slow down this offense. Is you know, if you can win that matchup, then whatever happens behind you doesn't matter. Yeah, I think I think the corners match up well. We have small corners. You know, Brent Grimes, questionable with the injury. He's, what, 5'10"? Vernon Hargrave is 5'11". And they don't have big big receivers. We've been up against Julio Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, Alshon Jeffrey, Amari Cooper, you know, huge receivers. And, you know, they kind of had their way with our secondary. But I think our smaller, quicker corners could have potential big day. Hopefully Vernon Hargrave gets his first pick. Vernon Hargraves has been a very good tackler. That is one thing that stood out to me on the Kansas City film. He was so good at just wrapping guys up all by himself and keeping them from getting first downs. Yeah, he's he's been very good in the run. And when you watch clips of him in college, it was the same way. You know, he he wasn't afraid to get his helmet in there, make tackles at the line of scrimmage. You know, with linebackers, I, I think he's been great. And with the Grimes out, you got Werner stepping in, and in the slot, uh, Ryan Smith. Isn't he a safety? I'm not sure. I know that uh, Javian Elliott got promoted from the practice squad to replace Judaje Marima, who got suspended for PEDs, which that's the second suspension under Dirk Cutter now. Yeah, first one talking about Quan Alexander. Yeah, granted, it, he wasn't head coach, but he was still in the building, and it troubles me. I'm not worried about it. Guys getting suspended is a lack of oversight. Like, I don't care if you need to get every guy a nutritionalist, make this not happen. Yeah, I I, I could see Quan have a, a longer leash than Jude because of performance. Quan is, is going to be a, a, a top linebacker in this league. Von Miller got popped for PEDs and nobody cares. Right. Quan's going to be fine. Jude Jude probably shouldn't be playing to begin with. Yeah, he had he had the holding call. It cost us a game in, uh, in Oakland, but he's sufficed, I guess. I'm not a fan of him. I mean, you know, for all we know, JV and Elliott it will, will be better. You know, this we've already had some, some guys promoted from the practice squad, like like Jock Smith and Howard Jones, who are both on IR now, but right. who have shown playmaking ability, which is something that 
most of the guys on this unit don't really have. Right, right. I think, well, they leave leading in the turnovers um, since, what, week five? They've been, they've been taking the ball away, and I think a big part of that is more of the offense not giving the ball away. I think I think that plays into more of the defense taking it away because they, they forced some fumbles and they had some interceptions, but I think it mainly falls on the offense keeping the ball. But, uh, yeah, I'm predicting Hargrave gets the first pick. I think if if Grimes is 100% and has limited time, I think Werner steps in. Hopefully he does well. Yes, uh, Altron Werner's father passed away earlier this week, and uh, condolences to him and his family. Yeah, it takes a lot. So hopefully they can come together and play around him. And please don't get burned by Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I'm really worried that Tyler Lockett is just faster than everybody who plays for the team, except for Ryan Smith, who I'm not sure is actually good at being a safety yet. Yeah, I think... Uh... What's the over-under on how many times Chris Conti's out of position on a deep pass? You know it's coming. Three, three and a half. You know it's coming. I'm worried about, like, how many times Jimmy Graham just gets two dudes to run into each other or, like, knocks a dude into another dude. Yeah, he's always always a tough matchup. Seattle isn't using the same as New Orleans, but Jimmy Graham is top tight end. Yeah, he is. He's definitely the the biggest pass catching target they have there. And sure, hopefully, hopefully Gerald McCoy will make it so we don't even have to worry about that. Right. Do you want to uh, do a score prediction? Uh, sure. I think uh, I, I think Jameis has a has a good day. I don't think he's gonna have a great day. See how his defense is scheming around him. Probably throw a pick. I think they're gonna. He's gonna get a, at least two touchdowns. There's a big matchup. Mike Evans and Sherman. I, I I think I think Mike will win the matchup. I think they'll design plays around it. I I think he'll win the matchup. We'll see. But for a final score, I say Tampa wins. Let's go with seventeen to ten. All right. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think we're going to see a lot of big plays and long drives on both sides. I don't see either defense doing an especially good job of stopping the other offense. I. I agree with you on the Evans and Sherman thing. I think that Jameis should not be afraid to take shots on that. And oh, he won't be afraid. You know, Jameis. He he has all, he has some better or worse. Yeah, exactly. Some is overconfident. He'll test Sherman. I think Evans gets a better of him. I wouldn't be surprised if both defenses have a um, a defensive touchdown. Like I think Levante David or Quan Alexander could pull one back and take it to the house. And uh, Winston's probably due for a pick six. I think. I think we're going to get another big game out of Mike James. We saw it last time they played in Seattle, and I, I think he's going to have another just crazy good yards per carry production. Even if he doesn't, even if Doug Martin gets most of the volume, I think Mike James is going to be effective when he does get it. Um, so I think I'm going to take the Buccaneers winning 36 to 33. 36 to 33. That's a shootout. Tampa gives up a lot of yards, and that really worries me. Getting turnovers is a great way to just put a Band-Aid on a bad defense and win some games, but it's not something you can rely on generating. And if it's easy to move the ball on you, that means you're going to stay out there for a lot longer, and your offense needs to to be able to keep up and ideally hold them to threes while you're getting sevens, and that's something that Tampa really needs to do in order to win. Oh, they're going to need touchdowns to beat Seattle. Yeah, if, if their red zone offense performs like they did against against Kansas City, there's there's very little chance of them winning. Yeah, hopefully the defense 
defense comes to play again. I think I think they've been hot. You know, they have the most turnovers the past couple of weeks. Hopefully, they come to play and you know kind of shut down some of that offense they have there. Because I think the defense is gonna I think the defense is gonna play well on both sides. I'm grateful that this home game isn't against a more um, nationally bandwagoned team. I guess you know being pretty much as far away from the country geographically as a, as Tampa and Seattle can be from each other. The the stadium's hopefully going to be really red and really loud. Yeah, I went to the game last year against Chicago, and it was pretty embarrassing the amount of uh, Bears fans there. Hopefully, Seattle fans don't make the trip. Hopefully, they it's a sellout game. Hopefully, a lot of red. Well. We will talk to you next week, and until then, I've been Mike. And I'm Julian. And let's write the ship.